0: .com. Julia sherry and Mike DiStefano here with you on Leafs Lunch, coming off a big Leafs win over the Red Wings. 4-2 last night for the Leafs. And right now we have our TSN Hockey Insider, Darren Drager on the phone. What's up, Dregs?
1: Yeah, you know, just uh, another Tuesday here, right? Post-U.S. Thanksgiving. Uh, so just kind of kicking tires and getting ready for Insider Trading later today.
2: Dregs, you got one more day. One more day with the mustache. Is it... You know, how's oh. has it feeling? How's it looking? You, you, are you feeling a little, you know, upset that it's got to come off the face? Are you ready for it?
1: No, yeah. Unlike Austin Matthews, it's it's not uh, a staple of my identity. <laughs> so I I'm I'm looking forward to getting rid of it. I I've never been a facial hair guy. I just I I, I don't I don't like when it starts to get itchy and problematic in that sense. So. You know, it's, it's been a weird experience. Um, and I'm not complaining at all. I'm always very appreciative and helping out in any charitable way that we can. And I think we all kind of grow weary from time to time of having to, to ask, but you know, it's a small task to do. This year's been a challenge. I don't think people truly appreciate the luxurious stash that I have, uh, (laughs) Grown in just under a month. So we'll see. I've got a couple of days to raise more money.
2: There it is. 24 hours, guys, to go out there and donate your money to Darren Drager. Go check it out. It's all your, your, your you got it on Twitter that people can go and, and check Hell it out. Yeah. yeah. So go do it. Go donate the money. It's for a great cause. Uh, we're with Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider. Leafs coming off uh, a 4-1 win last night against, or 4-2 rather, uh, against the Detroit Red yeah. Wings. Their fourth win in a row. Go perfect 4-0 and on this road trip. I mean, how impressive has this stretch been over the course of this trip, picking up a full 8 of 8 points given the the injury situation on the blue line?
1: Well, that's, that's what makes it noteworthy, right? Uh, when you look at who the Toronto Maple Leafs don't have, and it's... Morgan Riley, Jake Muzzin, TJ Brody. I mean, I, I think that most of us expected that this was going to be an onerous task for uh, the team and their structure. And it really hasn't been. That's not to say that they're rolling over teams because they're not and they're playing good hungry teams like they played Detroit last night. It's, Detroit for me is a, is a bit of a surprise, but you can see the pieces of the Red Wings coming together here, and you can see that the future is likely going to look bright in Detroit. Uh, Toronto is just finding ways to win because of how they're playing. Yes, of course, the best players are, are playing that way, and they're, you know, generating the offense, as we saw last night, with Matthews and Nylander and and Marner, but it, it goes beyond that. You know, listen to the broadcast. I think it was Gary Galli who pointed out, or... Um, someone pointed out how Sheldon Keefe has been talking about not the the seventeen game streak that Mitch Marner has going. I mean that's in and of itself kinda speaks to his game, but you know, Keefe talked about how well Marner is playing defensively. Yeah. And you can definitely see that. You can see that on the goal that he scored. You know, how he had to bust his tail to get up into a situation where Mark Giordano had an offensive option as he drifted into the zone. So um, but that's not just minor. I, I think that we're seeing a lot more from the the different facets of this team. You know, we're noticing yarn croak more than maybe we did in the first 10 games of the season. And there seems to be some chemistry developing in that bottom six. So, you know, the fact that they're, what, uh, 10, 1, and 4, you know, over a stretch of games, that says a lot about the coaching Sheldon Keith. But more importantly, the buy-in and and how – the group is taking stress off the blue line, which in turn takes stress off the goalies and allows the goaltenders to just do their job.
0: Yeah, it's definitely been defense by committee, but when those guys went down, Kyle Debus almost had kind of a direct call-out to Lilligren and Sandy and saying, they're going to see what they yeah. can get out of those guys before they go shopping around. Have you been impressed with them in, in the absence of their top defensemen?
1: I have, and, and uh, you know, credit to Jared Gerardano and Justin Hall as well, right? Like, Justin Hall has been basically a whipping boy in this market for a couple of years. Anyway, some of it is deserved. Uh, But the one thing that I admire about Justin Hall is he, he, as cliche as it sounds, players will say, ah, we don't listen to the noise, we don't you know, read social media, any of that. Well, yeah, most of them do, and most of them are keenly aware of the noise. So there's no way that Hall wasn't hearing it, but he maintained his confidence because his coach – needed him to do that, he'd make a mistake, he'd go right back out there. So, he's played through it, but you're right. You know, it's the, the responsibility and the the more time on ice that Sandin and Lilligren have, that has benefited Toronto in that position probably the most. To me, it looks like, and I don't want to put you know too much pressure on this young man, because he still has a ton of room for growth here and development. Raskin Sandin, you know, this isn't a newsflash he's going to be a real good defenseman now he you can tell he's he's got a bit of swagger to him you know the offensive side of his game is going to continue to develop he's got a bit of bite as well some of that he may have to kind of steer back a little bit you don't want him running into penalty trouble but there are elements of the way he plays that are, are kind of rounding out fairly nicely and that looks to me like just something that's going to get better with time, age, and experience. So they've answered the call. That's that's taking heat off Kyle Dubas. That's not to say though, guys, that Dubas isn't still looking around the National Hockey League for an upgrade. I mean, until we know what Jake Muzzin's situation is officially, you know, we've speculated that you know it appears he's done it for the year. Until we know that in February, there's always going to be that that wondering about the cap flexibility that the Leafs are going to have. But, you know, Dubas, this is buying in time to be as patient as he wants to be to make sure that the right fit is available to him.
0: Yeah, and he made a minor move last... I was off the air, so I didn't get to talk about this at all, but Kyle Dubas picked up uh, Sandine's old D partner in the Sioux in Timmins, and they brought him on the road out on that road trip. Seems like he's going to have a hard time getting into the lineup right now with all of the players on the blue line playing so well, Dregs.
1: Yeah, and some experienced players too. Like you forget about Victor Mete.
0: Right.
1: And and the reason why, you know, Toronto that interest in Victor Mete is again just you you can't have too much depth and when you've got a player like that who can play in and out of the lineup but has some experience to go with him, then that gives Sheldon Keefe options. So that you don't have to push Victor Mete too hard. I I'm curious to see how Connor Timmons is going to play for the Leafs. I am. I, you know he's been unfortunate with luck or with uh, health, um, bad luck. You know he's had concussion problems, um, but you know as soon as the deal went down, and I, you know, look, I take zero credit for this because I did not break the trade. I mean the Leafs announced it, but I had Connor Timmons' name circled on my page a mm. week ago, and like it's, it's so obvious though. Yeah, yeah.
0: given, you know, given down. the
1: history, yeah, given the history to um, the fact that. You know, he was just sort of not working out in Arizona, and a lot of that had to do with his health. But then you, you dive back into the draft year and, and, you know, how well he played. You know, Ray Ferrero on the podcast talked about how good he was at the World Junior Championship. Yeah. I mean, you can't forget about those things, right? You know, some players get buried and they just never seem to find their way. Um, we don't know what Connor Timmins is capable of being, but the Maple Leafs feel like it's at least worth an extended look. So he's going to get an opportunity here at some point.
2: Yeah, I mean you never know. Guys could uh, could have resurgence at yeah. some points and you know kind of find their game. Uh, we're ch- chatting with uh, Darren Driggers, TSN Hockey Insider, and one of those guys who I think has definitely had a bit of a resurgence here after a couple tough. Uh, seasons in Ottawa is, is Matt Murray. I mean the way that this guy has played since coming back from that injury, um yeah. he's got like a nine forty save percentage since coming back. He's been unbelievable. I mean are you do you believe that his level of play is sustainable? Is this what Matt Murray can provide the Maple Leafs if uh if if, if he can remain healthy, which is the ultimate question.
1: Yeah, and and that's the qualifier, right? Um you know an answer to your question, do I think he can he can maintain and sustain his level of play? I do, I do, um, but the health question is one that is is always going to be nagging. It just it just is. Now, you know, again, I, I've talked about this before, but you know, one of the reasons that Matt Murray was looking forward to change, and it's you know, not an indictment of, of Ottawa's resources or lack thereof. It's more about Toronto having the resources and the depth of their resources, you know. to to train players maybe differently and that's on and, and off the ice so as soon as murray arrived in toronto by trade you know they were quick and and all over him uh to get him in the hands of those individuals who are hired inside that support department and he fully embraced that so he put himself in a real good position to start the season but then as we know ran into another injury setback and that took him out for several weeks but he didn't come back until he was 100% ready and that was by design of the club so now he's doing what he needs to do and he's giving him his best and and that's pretty good as far as NHL standards and goaltending go right now but you're right you know until you get through i don't know what's fair 30 40 starts you know can we maybe Stop talking about the injury possibility. Yeah, of, of I, don't know. Matt I have
2: Murray. no idea. Like we might, he may have yeah. to go through the whole year to kind of prove that he can. You might, because even at Pittsburgh, that, like he he did, yeah. you know, have a couple injuries throughout the playoffs too, a, yeah. along those Stanley Cup runs,
1: right? But. You know, that's that's the world he lives in. Um, don't think he's too concerned with it. Yeah. You know, his focus now is is uh being as good as he can be. But I I can also tell you he's he's in the crosshairs of the NHL to some degree because of <laughs> what oh, we man. see with the, the goalie rash of Leda pushing the pucks off the net and didn't see it last night give,
2: though.
1: Yeah, to give <laughs> Ferraro credit. Um the one thing that Ray noticed is that it's not just how he's pushing them off. It is it is the way he is with the skate and the mesh. Mm. So, I mean, people drill down on that stuff. He's not the only one by any stretch, and to some degree it's coached. But the goalies in general, Murray is in this group that are being scrutinized and they're being watched. And there's internal discussion in the NHL head office about what or if there's anything that should be done to to try and push back
2: on it. Yeah, well, I was going to ask that question, if there's anything that the NHL could do. Like, is this a a fine situation? I I couldn't see a suspension. Like, that being suspension-worthy or anything like that. But would they be willing to levy fines for taking away scoring opportunities like that and kind of impacting the game?
1: No, because then you're you're heading into supplemental discipline and Department of Player Safety as well. Um, No, I think, you know, what what could happen, and, and the issue, Mike, is more about the differing buildings. You know, the essence of the mooring, that the pegs that hold the net, yeah, they're supposed to be uniform. They're supposed to be the same in 32 buildings around the NHL. That's not the case. And so it really puts the the officials in a tough spot because what you'd like to do if you're the referee is skate up to Matt Murray as an example and say, hey, I'm going to give you the benefit of the doubt. It'll look like you shoved the net off. So don't do it again. And he says, well, yeah, I didn't. I just bumped it and the net came off. Okay. Well, then you call the, during a timeout, you get the on ice crew in there. They have a look at it and they say, no, it's, it's fine. Everything is set. You go back to Murray or the goalie and say, okay, the next time you do it, we're calling a penalty on the play. Um, and I don't know if that's the answer, but it wouldn't take too many penalties and power play goals for coaches to, to get to their goalie coaches and say, okay, we need to stop him from doing that uh, unless he does it in a legal manner. So it is something that will be discussed for sure.
0: You ain't cheating, you ain't trying, and he's trying back there. <laughs> RTSN hockey insider Darren Dregger on the phone right now. Dregs I've been i seen a lot of chatter online always and today at eleven AM on a random Tuesday when the Leafs are on a four game heater, I see I see Kyle Dubas trending. So I click on it and you know what? Actually some of the takes were they should re sign Kyle now while they can. Do you think that's a possibility in season dregs, or do you think that's exclusively based on playoff success?
1: No, I I mean, it is a possibility. And and the only reason I'm hesitant is because I don't know that they wouldn't consider that. Uh, I know that the direction going into the start of the season was that, no, they they would let Kyle play out the year, and everyone is measured by a level of success or lack thereof. And I I think that's fair. You know, I'm not mistaken. I think Brendan Shanahan went into the end of, of his contract before extending. So the same is likely going to apply to Kyle Dubas. But I I can't say with certainty that's the way it's going to go. I just don't think that there's been any reason for the team to change its position on that. And by team, I mean senior management and, and ownership. They're playing well. Their record indicates they're playing well. They're a top-five team in the NHL. I'm not surprised by that. But, again, given history of the Toronto Maple Leafs, It's less about what they do in the regular season, more about what they do in the playoffs. So there's uh, a lot of ground for Kyle Dubas to cover yet.
2: With Darren Drigger, TSN Hockey Inside. Let's head out west for a sec. Um... You know, Vancouver, they've, they've won three in a row, and, and, you know, compared to where they were a couple of weeks ago, seemed like they were dead in the water. Now you look at the standings. Dregs, they're one yeah. point out of a playoff spot. I mean, is, yeah. is this team back? Are they now a, a competitive team? Is this just a hot run? What do you make of uh, the Vancouver Canucks at this point compared to well, a couple of weeks it, ago?
1: It's a hot run, and you're right. A couple of weeks ago, Bruce was getting fired, flat out done. And it felt like it was going to happen in any moment. Yeah. Um, but as we talked about in insider trading around that time, the perfect scenario for the Vancouver Canucks was to, to keep Bruce around so that they could and this is management, they could really assess and analyze the development of their players and where they're at as an organization. You know, see what their specific needs are. The needs are still the same. They need help on their back end. Let's start there. They needed better goaltending, they're getting better goaltending of late. Uh, and if you rewind all the way back to the Bruce bump last year, look at the goalie stats of Thatcher Demko during oh, yeah. the Vancouver Canucks push the push in that second half off the turns. I mean, he was almost single-handedly winning games. So he's playing better. You've got good leadership in Bo Horvat, who's, who's come along. Uh, Elias Petterson is playing close to the way he played in his first year. So, yeah, I mean – Give the players credit, because they did not give up. They did not tune out Boudreaux in any fashion. I don't think that this takes the heat off Bruce, though. It Maybe in the short term it does, but in the long term, they're going to make a coaching change. It's it, it, it likely it'll happen at some point in season, but I'm happy for Bruce that they're winning again. Like I mean, he looked like dead man walking there for a while. Yeah. Um, You know, the players did a nice job of, of again, keeping things upbeat and accepting responsibility. So I'm happy for the players that they're being rewarded, but there's still a lot of flaws with this team, and I I think in the long run we're going to see it again.
0: Yeah, very interesting situation. Okay, we'll keep it out west, but not as far out west. Matthew Kachuk returns to Calgary tonight for the first time since the trade. Yeah. Uh, how do you think, well, I'm not going to ask you how you think that game goes tonight, but what do you think the reception from the crowd will be like, and, and how much do you think they're missing them right now in Calgary?
1: Yeah, well, you know, when when you make significant changes, the way that Brad Trudy in Calgary flames embraced, uh, and it doesn't go well, and I mean extremely well, um, then you're, you're, you're open to that scrutiny. And, and that's the way it is in Calgary right now. They've got players who are underachieving. Now they've had a bit of a bump of late. Johnson Hubero is, is playing better. There's no question about that. And I don't think that that should come as a shock to anyone. You know, when you go through the upheaval of a trade and moving families and all of that, there's a transition phase that needs to be respected. And that can take 20, 25 games. I still think Calgary is going to be better. We just talked about goaltending in Vancouver. The goaltending in, in Calgary, especially Jake Markstrom, hasn't been good this year. You know, he's, he's given up bad goals almost on a game by game basis. And that's, that's not the makeup of Markstrom. So let's assume that, that he finds his stride again, which I think is a, face, a fair assumption. You know, then they're going to need the pull and the push from, from other elements. Um, They don't have Shillington, which has created a hole on the back end for him. He's been out for a while for personal reasons. So that's taken a bit of a toll as well. As for the reception for Matthew, um, I mean, there might be a couple of boos, but as Daryl Sutter acknowledged, you know, the Flames are an educated fan base, and Matthew Kachuk was a really good Calgary Flame. He was you know, was he part of, of teams that underachieved and disappointed? Of course he was. But, you know, you could lay uh, blame at the feet of, of many associated with that club. So I think that there will be a, a decent reception, and I'm pretty sure that the Calgary Flames will do their best to pay tribute to him as well.
2: All right, Drakes, we'll leave it there. Appreciate the chat as always, pal, and uh, I'm looking forward and excited for you to be able to shave off that mustache in a couple of days. Yeah.
1: <laughs> All right, well, I appreciate your support. Thanks, guys.
2: All right, there he goes, Darren Dreger, TSN Hockey Insider. Um, you know who I have? As my, I think I've mentioned this before, but the two goalies I have on my fantasy team, Demko go Markstrom.
0: Whoa.
2: So <laughs> That's you tough. can just you could just tell how great Not the my, best. Yeah. Not the it's best. not been a great every yeah. single goal I don't we know, had, man. every week. Remember, I've just taken the L Remember
0: I said like I, I still Dreg said there he thinks Calgary could still be good. Whenever yeah. you make wholesale changes on a team. Like when the main characters on your team become guys who don't really know one another and don't really know the group and don't really know the city, it takes some adjustment yeah, I, I think they're still settling into that into that. I, I buy into the idea that Calgary could still be good. How often do you just put a random group together? like they're random guys. Nazim Kadri is a random guy. Can to I give you Huberdeau. can
2: I give you literally the best example? The Vegas Golden Knights.
0: Oh yeah, but they they had they had like they <laughs> literally were literally the rich- called
2: the Golden Misfits. They put together. But they went all the But you know what I mean? That, they had that, know, like gold gust, but, but yeah,
0: that's so but, true.
2: You, you're right. I'm just kind of being a little uh, a little bit of a donkey there. But you're right. <laughs> like ultimately, I think we just assumed that they would. They would just hit, hit the, the, ground the ground running, running right? Yeah. But there some adjustment periods they got to adjust to, you know, different systems. And, like, you know, we, we questioned whether or not Huberdo would work under Daryl Sutter. And to this point, it hasn't quite. Um, doesn't mean that it can't. We also questioned if... Johnny Goudreau would work under Daryl Sutter, and it, it, it eventually did. Yeah. Right? Like, last year, he was an MVP caliber player. So, you know, uh, we'll give it some time. I mean, it's true. they're locked up long term at this point with Johnny Goudreau, or um, uh, Johnny Huberto. I so. also,
0: Dregs, I feel like a couple times we've had him on, he's, he's said something along the lines of, it's tough when you move your family, you're in Florida. Yeah. I'm pretty sure Huberto is, like, the most single man around, like, driving his Aston Martin around Florida. He was just packing up his car and going. Yeah, it
2: could be the case. Good. <laughs> <laughs> be the case. could be because i think even well, when we had julian mckenzie on what a couple weeks ago he was breaking down the story wasn't he just like at a men's beer league game or just finishing yes. a beer league game in the summer yeah most guys with family might not <laughs> be doing that at uh what was that Dre broke at what like 10 p.m or I something like it's that hilarious. so yeah me, you might be right on that one uh all right mike kelly to join us in the next hour but uh we also, coming up, it's the quarter mark as well. So we're going to go through kind of our, our, our biggest surprise player, big MVP of the season, all that more coming up. I'm Mike DiStefano with Julia Teixeira. You listen to Lisa Lunch here on TSN 1050.
1: First up, with Karolnik and Koliakovo, weekday mornings 6 till 10 on TSN 1050. You ain't first, you're last.
0: It's Julia Tisheri for Frank Leo. Anna was nervous. She needed to sell the home she bought in the hot market, and with the interest rate hike, she was scared she would lose a lot of money. Anna didn't want to take any chances, so she contacted Frank Leo and Associates. If anyone could help her, you know they would be the ones. The guaranteed multi-million dollar marketing system that reaches millions was put into action. With over 80 showings and 12 offers, the home sold for well over asking. Crisis averted for Anna and her family. No stress and more money. If you're thinking of selling your home, you have to call my friend and the only team I would recommend, Frank Leo and Associates, the number one RE-MAX team in Toronto in the GTA. Frank will sell your home at a price and a deadline you agree with or he'll buy it while also providing a total service guarantee in writing. Call 416-917-5466, that's 416-917-LION, or go to Getleo.com. That's Getleo.com, and you could start packing with confidence.
1: Black Friday is on now at Mark's. From November 24th to 30th, save up to 70% off in-store and online. Great savings with new offers on hikers, fleece, jackets, and more. Visit Mark's in-store or at Mark's.com to shop and save.